You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, episode 26 with Dr. Christy Hay. You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. What's up, everybody? I'm so happy today to welcome Dr. Christy Hay to the podcast. Dr. Hay was first mentioned to me by one of DC's top radiologists and the world's best mother-in-law, Dr. Letitia Clark. Thanks, Mom. So to share a brief bio on Dr. Hay, she's a native of California who now calls the DC metro area home. She received a bachelor's degree in human biology from Stanford University, her master's degree in public health from the University of Michigan, and her medical degree from the University of Virginia. Dr. Hay completed a pediatric residency program at Children's National Medical Center in DC, and she's a board-certified general pediatrician. She worked in academia for the George Washington University as an assistant professor of pediatrics. She's also worked in private practice for several years and enjoys all aspects of pediatrics, but she has a special interest for developmental delays, early childhood literacy, breastfeeding, reactive airway disease, also known as asthma, nutrition, and fitness. She was featured about a year ago in a TEDx talk that was titled a doctor's standard career path and the path I chose. I'll be sure to put up that video on our show notes page so that you guys have the ability to watch that. And the title of our TEDx talk is is what describes a little about what really drew me to reaching out to Dr. Hay. She's obviously a very accomplished doctor and has achieved you know tremendous success. But Dr. Hay pivoted away from the traditional path a vast majority of doctors take her own practice here in DC is truly unlike anything that I've, I've really heard of in, in real life. She's a pediatrician that's actually going to her patients and something we used to see on TV when a doctor gets called by a parent and they'd come out to the house and administer care to the patient right there in their own home. I found her story fascinating. It was a little thought provoking at the same time. I really wanted that for my own kids, right? To, to have a doctor who comes there is so personal and really connected to their patient. I'll go ahead and just allow us to dive into today's episode. I would encourage you to tweet us, tag us, email us, WhatsApp us. We want to know what you enjoyed most about today's episode, and I hope you enjoy. Dr. Hay, thank you so much for coming on and welcome to the show. Stephen, thank you for having me. So I really would want to start today's episode by asking you, what are you most grateful for in your life right now? Great question. I would say that right now I am most grateful for just being happy in a really good place in terms of my career and my business. And it's it's been a journey to get to this place, but I think all of it was striving towards this kind of current place of happiness. That's awesome. So, you know, if, if someone were to, to come up to you on a street right now and ask you, what do you do? How would you respond? What would you say? Oh, that's easy. I take care of children. I'm a pediatrician. 
what ignited that desire to, to be a doctor and to, to focus on pediatrics? So that takes us all the way back, Stephen, to when I was around 10 years old. Um, I decided that I was going to be a pediatrician just like my pediatrician, Dr. Cantrell in Oakland, California with the Kaiser Permanente Hospital (laughs) Practices. She was great. And I was raised by a single mother. I remember as clear as day, my mom had taken me in to see Dr. Cantrell for some illness. I was a real healthy kiddo, so I had some illness, and it was minor. And Dr. Cantrell and my mom had a really good relationship, and my mom really wanted, you know, when is this illness going to be over? Is she going to be okay? Is she going to be okay? And Dr. Cantrell was like, you know... You just, Miss Taylor, you just want her to be perfect. She's okay. <laughs> She's fine. And I just remember just watching that, that dynamic and that relationship. And I thought it was pretty cool. And so I always was like, you know, I'm going to be like Dr. Cantrell. I'm going to be a pediatrician. And then at my church, there were a lot of doctors. So I had a lot of role models growing up and it just stuck. And I just kind of made up my mind and worked towards that. That's awesome that you knew that far back. Yeah. That that was your direction. Yeah, yeah. Your path. Pretty lucky. I mean, I know that's not the course for most people, so I know that I was really fortunate. Not at all. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So we're going to talk a little bit about Palisades Pediatrics in a second, but prior to that, you spent some time working with Children's National in D.C., right? That's correct. What are some of the big lessons that you learned while working at Children's? So, Stephen, I started at Children's in the late 1990s. I did my pediatric residency there, and then I actually stayed and worked for Children's for about eight years thereafter. And um, Children's Hospital is a huge system. And uh, one of the things, one of the big lessons that I learned was in order to get things done, in a big system, it's really mm-hmm. about relationships and you need to be kind to everyone. Right. Right. So their systems are made up of people and you'll have some folks that are like totally loving their job and passionate. And some other folks are kind of like, oh, I'm just kind of here, you know, making my way. And to be able to kind of figure out how to navigate that kind of maze of you know, who do I talk to to get this done so I can get from A to Z is a right. skill set. And I find that kindness goes a long way from the folks in lab and lab techs and housekeeping all the way up to the attending. Because you never know who you're going to need to rely on, ask a favor of, ask a question of, get a resource from. So that to me was like one of the big lessons in working such a big institution is be kind. You definitely get more bees with honey, as my mom would say. So absolutely. Uh, so um, definitely that that very basic kind of like what you would learn in kindergarten, right? Character development stuff. Be kind, share, <laughs> please and thank you. Yep. Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, right? And in the business world, that goes a long way. Relationships, relationship building goes, you know, so far, right? Absolutely. And to, to, to your point, you have to, you have to be careful to, to be kind on the way up because you never know who you might need to rely on, you know, when, when things aren't going so right and you might have a down cycle, right? So it's a very important 
skill to learn to, to, to build the right relationships. I'd love you to share with our listeners a little bit more about Palisades Pediatrics. Take a couple of minutes, maybe tell us, you know, a little bit about the practice and, and talk about the transition from children's to starting something very different in, in, in your practice. Okay, so surely. So Palisades Pediatrics, Stephen, is an intentionally small practice where my families have direct access to me via the phone, uh, texting, email, office, home visits, and expanded after hours. It's very comprehensive, high-quality health care done in a very intimate setting. So um, it's, it's lovely. The way I describe it to families when I'm doing my initial visits is like it's kind of like um, Little House on the Prairie where you um, have the you know, small town doc that knows That's exactly everyone. what I envisioned. <laughs> yeah, that knows everyone. I know extended yeah. family members. I usually know, you know, aunts and grandmas and grandpas that come in to visit since I do visits mm. at home and so and see people in the hospital. So it's it's very, very pleasant. And that was the premise of the practice when I was writing the business plan was I needed to create an environment that was pleasant for me, pleasant for the families, pleasant for the kiddos, because I love pediatrics. I think it's the greatest thing. And so I needed my work environment to kind of reflect my enthusiasm for my specialty. So that is what I do. And so the transition came about where I, yes, I did work at Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C. for years in academic medicine. And quite honestly, I had planned to retire from that organization. I loved, still do love Children's National Medical Center, but something just didn't wasn't feeling right. And so I actually transitioned from that to a traditional private practice, small private practice. And then that still wasn't a good fit. And it was from those two prior life and work experiences that I then wrote the business plan for what I'm doing now, um, which is Palisades Pediatrics. So it it was definitely a journey, learned a lot of things along the way and had to learn how, with the help of a good support team, how to listen to myself and kind of understand the thoughts that were going through my head when things just weren't making sense. What I what I learned along the way is that it's okay to question. And when you have questions and when the answers don't make sense, it may mean that you need to step outside of that structure for which mm-hmm. your answers aren't satisfactory. And so that's what um, led me to create a non-traditional practice, Palisades Pediatrics. And I love it. I love your business model, by the way. Um, I'm curious, with you having your background is medicine, right? Yes. You didn't you didn't go to business school. How how did you come about you, you touched on your business plan a minute ago. Where did you actually turn to to get guidance and resources to, to put the business in place and, and be able to pivot through some of those challenges you mentioned to, to, to where you are now? So great question. 
So I went to undergrad at Stanford University in California. Hmm. And so, you know, that's kind of like entrepreneurial hub right now. And so people come out of there and everyone thinks, you know, you have the, the latest and greatest new best idea. So I feel like that piece was kind of simmering deep, 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 deep underneath, because definitely I did not come out thinking I was going to be an entrepreneur. Um, And then my husband also went to Stanford, and he is very entrepreneurial. And so (laughs) it really evolved from my husband giving me nudges. So when I was in medical school, my thought, as I mentioned, was to become an academic pediatrician. I was going to work in a hospital and take care of kids and I'm done. I'm good. I'm, I'm holding up my my half of the family. And um, <laughs> my husband kept kind of prodding. When are you going to start your own practice? When are you going to start your own practice, Christy? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm not really excited about that. That seems like a lot of work. I don't I don't know if I can do that. I don't think I can do that. And he kept nudging and between his nudges and my different work experiences and me starting to kind of question and get a better understanding of what I thought healthcare for children should look like. That's uh, when I started Went and we sat on the beach and I wrote a business plan because he had already written a couple of them before. So <laughs> okay. I was I got that from from him. I thought you were going to say he already had your plan written. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that part, it was just me and the laptop for that. I had to kind of go from scratch. But um, but that's where that came from. So my husband was very instrumental in that. I had some girlfriends from medical school who she started her own practice. She was extremely um, helpful and a uh, invaluable resource. So I was just actually going to ask you that about the support system. Like, you know, yeah. So that and I had some attendings at Children's that I was able to run my idea by. And they were like, we haven't heard anything like that. But, yeah, you try it, Christy. You can do it. And so um, Mm -hmm. between that small support team, I felt like I could do it. So do you have a support system and and people who help hold you accountable today? Oh, absolutely. Largely those same folks um, Mm -hmm. and in myself. So that's a a huge piece of it is always wanting to make sure. And I think that's just kind of inherent to a startup. You're always kind of checking yourself. Am I, are my customers happy? Am I doing a great job? So I ask, right? And so it's something that you kind of want to hear and you don't want to hear. But if you really want to get better, you have to ask. And I think a lot of big businesses um, and industries kind of forget that piece. But you need to always ask, how are things going? Are you happy? Is there anything that I can improve? Um, And so, yes, definitely. And my husband is always nudging for more, 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 more. <laughs> That's funny. So we're entrepreneurs, right? At the core, you're an entrepreneur, right? How do you fight through that self-doubt and the challenge and challenges that, that come? You know, how, how you push through that? So there's definitely self-doubt initially, especially if you're doing something that's never been done in your area before, which is what I did. And what I found to be helpful was to, for me, for a couple reasons, to speak to other business people, in particular women, 
that would say, no, you can do it. And, you know, and then kind of carry on. And so that is really helpful. I found a lovely community of other women physicians that own their own practices for the most part. And we are a lovely support group for each other, bouncing off Uh ideas and uh, keeping each other abreast of uh, different resources. So that is phenomenal. Um, and I think very unique kind of for the space where I am right now. But I think that is how I'm able to manage the doubt because that happens because, you know, it's when I was on the beach doing the business plan, it made a lot of sense to me. But the part that I'm always amazed with is when I speak to people and they want to join the practice, I'm like, you know, I'm really really thankful that you you get it like this makes sense to someone else besides me I'm always surprised Mm. by that right and so because to me I love medicine I think you know pediatrics is the most important thing but you know as a family you have a lot of things going on you have a community and your child is a piece of that community it's not everything you have work you have extended family members etc and so i find it to be amazing when someone goes yeah i want to join your practice i get that i want that for my family i'm like wow i'm not the only person that thinks that this is necessary you know <laughs> <That's it. laughs> and so i think that kind of wide-eyed kind of like oh that's cool you get it too is what keeps it fresh and um, tells me, yeah, this is this is doable. This is a commodity that people value. This is, you know, a resource that people want. And you came up with it. Great. Good for you. That's good. So let's unpack this a little bit more. Right. I'd love if you could maybe tell us a story about maybe one of your roadblocks that caused you to have to take a, a detour, um, maybe a major detour from from maybe what was in that business plan. Maybe share what happened and how you were able to overcome it and get back on track. Okay, so a detour that I experienced from what I actually put in my business plan to I had to rewrite um, had to deal with (laughs) having an office space. So I, I come from an academic institution where I was in a hospital, then I went to private practice where I had an office, and pediatrics was always about the customer needs to come to me, right? The patient needs to come to me. They're coming to my office. And as I was writing this, I was going to have an office and I was going to have all this staff. And my husband was like, Christy, you don't have any patience and you don't have any money. So how are you paying for your rent and staff people and da, 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 da. We, you know, you're going to have to get a loan. We want to minimize our overhead costs. This sounds great, but how are you going to do it? And so it was out of that that he mentioned you know, that part where you're talking about how home visits, I think you really need to think about that because that was kind of like a side thought, like, oh, maybe I can do some home visits. And mm. then he was like, well, you know, that would really decrease your overhead. overhead. You could see right. someone at their home. And right. so I had to really sit and like think. Process that. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I'm like, I was like, no one does that. 
how would I do that? Like, how would I get all my equipment to someone's home? So that required me to do additional research. And I found out there's this whole world of rural health and, you know, things are made to be portable. And Mm. I was like, whoa, I hadn't really thought about it. But it definitely made me pause, right? So I had this great plan and he spoke, you know, some truth and realism of, hey, <laughs> I know this lovely <laughs> space and, it, you know, I wanted all these rooms because that was the construct of how I viewed medicine. Right. It was like, what? Turned it on your head. Yeah, right? Turned it on its head. Possibly not have an office right away and see people without that. What would that look like? And I had to kind of think about it. And right. And then that's what we did. We slowly grew into a space. I needed to earn the space, which I had never thought about. Before um, starting it, did you actually do any research and, and probe to see if custom, if, if potential patients would like that? I did. So I did um, some focus groups with some right. patients that I had worked with in the past and asked, uh, this be something that you would be interested in, you know, right. could I come to your house? And they were like, yeah, I think that would be okay. Um, but it was like so new to everyone. They were like, huh, what? Come to my house? Really? And uh, how would you get your equipment there? How do you get your scale there? <laughs> and so, but yeah, it, it, was, it turned out to be great. And it turned out to actually to be a major piece of my business plan when I had to rewrite it. So did, did did you ever move to a point like do you have an office in place today or are you still going? No, so I have an office. So I have um, an office and I see patients at their home. And wow. so um, it really just depends on what type of visit it is, determines right. whether I and, and how old the kiddo is, whether I go to their home or whether I see them in the office. So I see well visits and do all vaccines in my office. And then I see all my newborns um, at home and then I see my sick patients at home. So it, it really is still like Little House on the Prairie. So I work really hard, Stephen, in trying to let my sick patients stay at home. It's, you know, not fun to schlep a sick kiddo out to the doctor's office and I go to them. I know what that is all about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old. Oh, it's, yeah. It's not fun. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's, that's really awesome, though. I, you know, I was, I was really, really taken when I heard, read, read a lot about your story. Um, so you have an amazing TED Talk, by the way, that I, I'd encourage everyone. I'm going to share that in the show notes for everyone to, to, to watch. Uh, in, somewhere in that talk, you, you, you alluded to the fact that you were almost everything in your practice, right? You were the person that picked up the phone. You were the person that dealt with all these different parts in addition to being a doctor. Is that still the case today or do you have a team around you now? So still primarily the case today. I I have an office manager and so she manages um, like payment stuff for me. So I really don't, I try to stay out of the payment piece. So she does that and some admin things for me as well. She's invaluable. I love her. But yeah, no, all the scheduling they do with me. I do filing. I do the lab. Yeah. It's awesome in the sense that you're exposed to everything, right? Yep. I'm sure it's challenging at times as well, just from from um, being present with your patients and then also running a business. Absolutely. And that's where 
Veronica is really helpful because ideally my office manager, she's able to manage some of the admin um, hours that would take me away from clinical, which allows me to be more present with my families. And so that part I really love. But then there are certain things that I like to always have my Hands on. Hands on, just because uh-huh. that's how I <laughs> how I am. <laughs> um, so, but we work in tandem. Like I know what she's doing, and she knows um, what I'm doing at all times. So it's it's wonderful. That's good. That's good. So you know, I'm sure that several doctors are going to be listening to this episode with with probably you know being on that borderline of having that entrepreneurial bug bite as well, right? So, what are a couple fundamental steps that other doctors listening need to know to to lay a right foundation for setting up their own practice? So I think Stephen. First, you need to have a a set kind of core values of what you're trying to accomplish. So mm-hmm. are you trying to um, see a large volume of patients provide um, care for a, a lot of families? Are you trying to um, have an insurance-based practice? Are you trying to have a fee-for-service-based practice? Are you trying to have um, a smaller um, uh, boutique or concierge-type practice? So trying to figure out what structure do you want to work in will kind of help determine um, what you need to develop in your business plan and, and, and set the structure for that. And then what I think it's very important to kind of to, to know what's important to you. And so is it that you have a large practice, but it's very punctual because I have a girlfriend who has a large practice, but that practice is run like a well-oiled machine. It's fat, you know, um, And when I went to visit her, I was like, this is amazing. But it was just (laughs) too big for me. It just wasn't a good fit for me, you know. So for you, would you say that you're 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 looking more at 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 the business more of a lifestyle brand, right? Or practice versus something that you're not looking necessarily to scale, right? Um I'm not. My husband is. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So, So but yes. For me right now, Stephen, it really is about a lifestyle brand. And I see a practice for providers initially as that space because you commit and dedicate so much of your time and energy and emotions to that, that it needs to really reflect who you are, what type of practice you want to put out there in the world. Um, And then I think it can possibly uh, be scaled. Um, What I do is just so um, specialized and intimate. I think it's totally possible to scale it, but I think it's largely driven by the personality of the provider. Mm-hmm. And so um, and, and a provider that wants to provide 
kind of a unique experience to their healthcare delivery. And yeah, so, there's an intimacy in what you're providing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so that's what I think. You really just need to figure out what type of practice do I want? Cause, you know, today we have this really exciting time where there's different practice models within medicine and then to figure out within that, okay, so what resonates best with me and my personal brand? I love how you state that. And then kind of you're able to kind of sketch out your business plan from there. Now, I'm a big business plan person because of my husband, I think from my training from Stanford, but I know a lot of people, the majority do businesses and never write a business plan. But that really, I find, provides you lots of accountability, right? For me, when I write something down, it helps organize the thoughts, surprise the structure, and then you're able to go back to it to and be accountable. Okay, did I do this? Did I do this? Oh, this really wasn't realistic. So I had to change it to X, Y, and Z. So I like, and when I speak to other folks that are trying to start businesses, I do encourage them to write a business plan. That's very important. Do you, so based on your plan, that guides your written goals? Correct. And, and, I reassess the goals. So the business plan sets the structure and then I've been creating business goals along the way. Right. So the the plan is really, as as far as a compass, it points you north, right? You kind of know what direction you need to be moving in. Correct. So... I, I really appreciate you sharing this. This has been some great resources um, so far. We'd love to have you share um, some additional resources with our listeners to help them sharpen their minds, right? So I'd love to know maybe what's one book you've read in the past that has inspired you most. So good question, Stephen. Um, I read a lot of medical journals. but, <laughs> but the, <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> the book that, I, that comes to mind, just hearing that question, the book that comes to mind is Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. And so I read that, I think, around the time or a little bit before when I was creating my practice. And the pieces that kind of resonated with me was, why not you? And, you know, sit at the table. You don't have to sit, you know, at the back of the room and, and, and let others be at the table. Why not you? And that spoke to me as a woman, which um, is the emphasis of her book. Um, and just as an individual, like what I have something of value um, to present. And if I believe in it, and believe in my craft, you should sit at the table. And so that book, I would say, is one of the ones that has inspired me the most. That's awesome. What's something small you've done this month that you're proud of? So uh, work out four times a week. (laughs) Wow. So that's that's a new thing. So with creating the business, one of the things that I realized was that self-preservation quickly gets lost. And so, again, working with a support team and my women's physicians group, it dawned on me that I needed to, you know, take some time for me and exercise. So I've been working on doing that. So that's something that I've done recently. 
that I'm very proud of. That's great. Doctor, do you think that a trailblazer can have too many goals? So I would say, Stephen, no would be my short answer. And then Mm -hmm. my long answer is they have to be prioritized. So you just can't do everything at once. And you should definitely kind of brainstorm and let everything flow onto the paper in terms of the goals you have and then sit back and go, what are the things that I can do short term and what are the things I can do long term? But I don't think you can have too many. You just can't expect to do them all immediately, which is what my husband helped me understand was, yeah, you'll get an office space eventually, but you can't have it today. Right, right. That's, that's good. Name an online resource. It could be an app, maybe software or tool that you use every day and you can't live without it. <laughs> okay, this is not going to be sexy at all. So my calculator <laughs> on my phone. Okay, so I'm a pediatrician and so right. everything is based off of your weight and your kilograms. So I'm constantly uh, calculating medication doses. So... <laughs> I couldn't do a thing without my calculator. So nice. the calculator is my favorite <laughs> resource <laughs> of all time. That's interesting. That's, all right. <laughs> I told you it wasn't going to be sexy. Hey, it works, right? It's efficient. I'm, sh- I'm sure it beats having a, a big calculator on your side, right? Right, right. No, it's, you have it. I have it with me all the time because it's on my That's phone right. and I, I need it all the time. <laughs> Every patient, all the time. Is it important to you to volunteer and give back with your time, talents, and treasures? Oh, definitely. Most recently, I was on the board for the Breastfeeding Center of Greater Washington for about, wow, maybe three years. And the Breastfeeding Center of Greater Washington is a fantastic center in Washington, D.C. that's a resource center for everything and anything dealing with mother baby feeding and so I help them kind of plan and 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 guide that that organization and then at my kids school I'm very active with fundraising at their school and then I participate in a lot of community service with my kids through a mother's organization that I belong to, Jack and Jill of America. And so um, through those different venues, I feel it's very important to volunteer at my church, volunteer for the the health fair. I usually participate in a health fair every year at um, Prince George's County Public Schools. So absolutely. You absolutely stay active there. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. You know, we're we're surprisingly at the end of today's session, but I I wanna take a minute and, and invite you really to share share an inspiring message that maybe can help us gain some courage to blaze our own trail. I mentioned relationships earlier when referring to children's and being kind to people and, and I believe that is extremely important in any business venture. The second piece would be accountability, Stephen. I feel that in any business venture or uh, new, new trailblazing that someone may want to do, you always need to be able to check yourself and have someone else check you. 
mm-hmm. and be accountable. So always just tell the truth. I think whoever it is that you're serving, because we're all serving, you have to be able to say when you are right, when you are wrong, apologize. And, you know, I will find out that answer. I will do better next time. And, and minimize excuses. I think everyone appreciates that and finds value in that. And it just decreases um, uh, stress and hostility when we can deal with each other honestly as people with faults um, and as people that can do some miraculous things. So accountability, I think it's huge for me. And then the last piece is passion. So I think if you have good relationships, you're accountable, you know what you can do, you know what you can't do, you know people are going to hold your feet to the fire, then if you love what you do, it'll come easy. And it won't seem like work, but more like pleasure. And you're just kind of like in this happy space. And you just happen to be doing your job. And if you're able to kind of get your arms around those three things, I think the trailblazing will will come easy. Mm -hmm. Those are great. I really appreciate that. Uh, Thank you very much for taking the time to share your story with our community. I was impressed with with reading and and listening to your story and even more so tonight you know with you opening up a little bit more and and really sharing just what you did a moment ago about the importance of of a relationship building and and just how much that can have an impact on on our career whether we're we're working in the corporate world as you did in, in a big hospital setting or, you know, its impact on, on being an entrepreneur in, in a practice that relies on that. Right. And then, you know, talking about accountability and of course being passionate about what it is that you're doing, um, which is a common thread we hear from several trailblazers. So thank you very much, you know, for, for, um, for being an amazing trailblazer and pushing the envelope really and being able to listen to yourself and listening to your, your gut feeling on creating something that was quite different from the norm and having it, you know, of, of course, I'm sure that we, we skipped a ton of, of the, the, the bumps in the road, right? But you, you, you came out at the end and, and as you said, you know, you're, you're very happy with where you are today. So on behalf of everyone listening, I just want to say thank you very much. Before we let you go, please tell us how we can stay connected with, with you and, and we can go ahead and finish up. Sure. So Stephen, the easiest way to reach me and I love for people to reach out to me is through my website. So www.palisadespeds.com. Mm-hmm. Www, um, dot dot com. So P-A-L-I-S-A-D-E-S-P-E-D-S.com. Um, I have a contact uh, button on the website and that is a direct email to me. Um, or you can email me directly at Dr. Hay, D-R-H-A-Y at palisadespeds.com. And then my contact number is 202-735-7600. Awesome. I'll, I'll go ahead. Everyone listening, we have, we'll have a show notes page on our website at tvpod.com where I'll put up the links to Dr. Hayes' website, 
and all of the resources she shared with us in today's episode. So Dr. Hay, thank you once again. I really appreciate you. I will stay in touch. Stephen, thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all the book recommendations, resources, Dr. Hayes' TEDx video, and web links from today's episode on our show notes page at tbpod.com. Hey guys, I'm challenging you today to open an email, a tweet, or a social post. Please invite two people. It could be a family member, friend, or colleague. Invite them to listen to an episode you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will impact many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday at 5 a.m. to help you get the most out of your week. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers. Cheers.